Okay, good morning, everybody. Topic this morning is keeping your website open on Shabbos and allowing it to do business for you. Is that mutter or is that usr? Truth is, we had some of these discussions between Mincha and Mariv, getting into the background of Mecca Kumemchar, doing business on Shabbos, and some practical applications of that. We spoke about Schar Shabbos, which is the, uh, the prohibition of making money on Shabbos. But what I'd like to do is focus really on this particular Shiloh of having your website open uh, or other similar things. And uh, we'll have to get a brief background of the sugya. How many potential issues are there, potential problems, do you have by leaving a website open? So we'll list a couple. Number one is, maybe it's a violation of Mekach HaMemchar, giving business on Shabbos, even though I'm not directly involved, but maybe that's still considered a violation of doing business. Where do we learn the Isser of doing business on Shabbos? Is that an Isser Deraisa or an Isser Derabanan? So it's an Isser Derabanan, right? Rambam says that it's based on the Gezer of Shema Yichtov, that by doing a business transaction you might write things down. And Rashi also brings that as a concern, but he also adds it could be a violation of the verse in Yeshaya of Mimso Chavtzacha, of pursuing your mundane or weekday activities. So doing business on Shabbos is the Isser Derbanan. There's a famous tshuva of the Chassam Sofer who held that if one does business bekevius, which means you're always doing business, that actually might be a violation of a deraisa. It's based on a Ramban and Chumash. But uh, that's, that's number one, one potential issue. Is a subpart of honoring the covenant of Shabbos, or is that literally honoring the covenant of Shabbos? That's just another term for it. Now those are really two separate, two separate things. There's a mitzvah of Kavod Shabbos, and there's also an Isser. We learn from the Pasuk in Yeshaya, you're not allowed to do things that are pursuing weekday activity. So according to Rashi and Be'ah, one of the reasons doing business is Asr is because it's Mimso Chetzacha. This is besides the Isser of doing any further on Malachas. When we say business, is at work? Or what are we associating the business with? Business means even though it's not officially a Malacha, but there's a transaction taking place, buying, selling, those types of things, making deals. That's one potential issue having the website open. The second issue is Chai Shabbos, that I'm making money on Shabbos. Hopefully you're making money. Right? What was that? So the Chassam Sofer is of the opinion that even though doing business is only Dirabanan, but if you do it consistently, that your store is always open on Shabbos, that might actually be an Isser Deiraisa. We're not going to have time to explore that Chassam Sofer. But uh, bottom line is don't do business on Shabbos. Is, is there any distinction between uh, doing business as in selling things and just receiving donations, for example? Let's say someone would just give you money on Shabbos. Meaning not actually give you money but make a donation? Yeah. That's mutter. That's mutter, Bar Hashem. <laughs> <laughs> to actually give you money in Shabbos? Okay, so let's, let's build up to that. I'm going to build up there. The second potential issue is making money in Shabbos. Is that an Isser Deiraisa or an Isser Deirabanan? So it's not an Isser Deiraisa. To make money in Shabbos, we don't find that as one of the 39 Malachos. There is a Rashi that seems to say the reason why you can't make money is a gezeira that you might do business. Schar Shabbos is a gezeira for Mecca Kamemchar. So that's a little bit troublesome. Right? The Beis Yosef is bothered by the question. Usually we have a principle. You don't make a gezeira on a gezeira. If doing business itself is only a Durbanin, so then Chazal usually are not that stringent to say, and we're going to make another Durabanan of not making money, lest you come to doing a real transaction. So the Beis Yosef understands that Schar Shabbos is not officially a Gezeira Durabanan, but it's something Chazal didn't like. That's a whole discussion. But that's another potential issue, having the website open, 
we're making money. A third issue is potentially leaf naiver. Right? So non-Jews are allowed to go online on Shabbos and they could purchase whatever they'd like to. But if Jews are going on to my website, perhaps I'm in violation of placing a stumbling block in front of my fellow Jew. I'm helping them do Malacha on Shabbos. That could be a third potential problem. Is that something you have a unique item? Oh, so generally, we're, we're not going to have too much time to jump into the whole world of Leif Naiver. We've done that before. But Halacha Lemais is like this. Assuming that you're selling something that all people either need or want, and it's not uniquely Jewish, then the assumption is that the vast majority of people going onto your website are non-Jews. And rove paskins that there's no issue of leaf naiver. For one person. Right, which is a chiddish, and that requires more thought and more discussion, because who cares if 89% of the people going onto my website are non-Jewish, but as long as there there could very well be one Jew, why why am I not concerned? But halacha lemaisa, we usually assume rove paskins on this one, yes? Right, right. So, right. Leaf naiva on a derisive level, we know, means I'm really enabling you to do an iser. This is probably more in the category of misayaya, where I'm, I'm helping, I'm assisting. And misayaya may not even apply to a Jew that's not Shomer Torah mitzvos. However, if you have a website that's uniquely Jewish, it's a Judaica website, and therefore it's a pretty fair assumption that the majority of people going on to that website on Shabbos are Jewish, so that's more of a problem. Would that officially be leaf naiver? Likely not. But uh, there, there's much more, uh, much more of an issue. That's the third potential problem. Just one aspect. When you say going onto the website, is that to read information or to do some purchasing on the website? It could be either, either way. If, if you're doing malacha through my website, that means I'm somehow assisting you in doing malacha. Right? And the fourth and final issue we'll touch upon briefly is the discussion of Shvisa's Kalim. Right? We know the Torah says that not only do, do we have to refrain from doing malacha, but Laman, Yanuach, Shorcha, Vachamarecha, I can't even have my animals do malacha. So the big machlokas in the beginning of Shabbos, Beis Hillel, Beis Shammai, is do we apply that restriction to Kalim? Beis Shammai says yes. When the Torah says you have to keep your animals away from doing malacha, it's not limited to animals, but it means anything that, that belongs to you. So the example would be, like the Mishnah speaks about, if you're going to place flax into a, a big pot of boiling water and have it stay there, you do it right before Shabbos, and you keep it there all throughout Shabbos where it really gets very uh, you know, weak and, and brittle and you can make it into uh, linen, so that means your kalim are doing malacha for you. Beis Shammai says that's Asr. Beis Hillel was of the opinion that there's no such thing as Shvisa's kalim. And when the Torah says you have to rest your animals, that's only animals. But kalim, there's no problem doing malacha for you. And the Orsameach famously explains the machlokus between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai. He says that Beis Shammai understands the pasuk of Laman, Yanuach, Shorcha, V'chamarecha, to be teaching us that anything that's an extension of yourself, so b'nei bayis, avadim, animals, or even kalim, that's under your jurisdiction, that can't be doing malacha. Beis Hillel was of the opinion that the Torah's, the Torah's iser of malacha is only referring to either human beings or animals, where they could feel the burden of labor. But it's dafka, an animal, but you would not extend it to kalim. Right? So, Theoretically, in the world of Beis Shammai, we would have many, many more limitations on Shabbos when it comes to technology and things working on our behalf. Baruch Hashem, we pass in like Beis Hillel, and Shri says Kalim is not going to be an issue. Yeah? So, uh, I'm getting this straight. The, the only potential Deoraisa Likely, likely there would be no derisive leaf naiver either. When it comes to having the website open, we're really analyzing their buns. Okay. Because even the medium of the transaction itself, you're dealing with like electricity and probably delays in transactions. 
Right. Right. Don't even know if the money is transferred on Shabbos. And even if there is a real purchase on Shabbos, like we said, doing business, making a real transaction, is a derabanan. The malacha itself of going onto the computer is likely, according to most posts, a derabanan. But we stay away from those as well. Right? So those are some of the issues we'll have to get into. Marasayan could potentially be a problem as well, yes. So we're going to go through a few sources here quickly, and then we'll get into the ones that are most directly relevant. This, uh, this whole conversation starts off with Rabbi Kiveger. Rabbi Kiveger has a famous shayla in the Tshuvas and Kufnon Tess, and we have it quoted here in Ramosha Feinstein, source number one. His question is, I can't do a transaction on Shabbos, but would I be allowed to do a Maisa Kinyan before Shabbos? Which means, I'm doing the action of acquiring something Friday afternoon, and we make the stipulation that it's not going to be chal, it's not going to take effect until Shabbos. Is that under the prohibition of doing business on Shabbos? So he quotes a Trumas Hadeshin, and the Trumas Hadeshin was addressing the case of Pidyan Haben. Pidyan Haben is always on what day? 31st. 31st. Okay, you're a lady. You have an excuse, but it's always confusing because it's 30 days, but the actual putting event is the 31st day. So let's say the 31st day falls on Shabbos, so I can't give the Kohen my five sloim. So the Shemus Adashin was dealing with the question: maybe the best move would be give the Kohen all the money before Shabbos and have in mind it doesn't take effect until Shabbos itself, so you don't have to push it off a day. You could do it mamish bismano. And I'm not in violation of Mecca Gamemchar. So says the Shema Sadashin, you can't do that. I don't like that suggestion. Because then you'd be losing out on the opportunity to make the bracha. And he explains, I can't make the bracha on Friday because it's not yet the time. I can't say that you've given me the command for Pidin Haben. And on Shabbos, when it's actually taking place, I can't make a bracha because I'm not doing any maisa. The bracha has to be together with an action. So therefore, Trumas Adesh and Paskins, you cannot give the money before Shabbos. Wait till Sunday, do it then. So Rabbi Kiva Eger says, it, it sounds like from the Trumas Adesh that the only issue is you're losing out on the bracha. But the general philosophy of doing the action of Kinyan beforehand and having it take effect on Shabbos, it sounds like he was okay with. However, Rabbi Vager himself <coughs> concludes in his truva that he does not feel comfortable allowing this kind of thing to take place. And that's how he paskins, doing the action of Kinyan before Shabbos to take effect on Shabbos. Rabbi Vager feels it should be under the category of doing business on Shabbos. <coughs> the Avnei Nezer, the Sokot Shavarebo, he quotes a question that many people were bothered by. Right, we know the halacha is, let's say right before Shabbos, I want to turn on my sprinklers. Right, putting aside any potential issue of marasayim. That was a big discussion when the whole idea of timers with sprinklers was somewhat of a new thing. But putting that whole discussion aside, I turn on my sprinklers three minutes before sunset, and I let them continue watering my lawn on Shabbos. Asr and mutter. Mutter. I am allowed to put something into motion right before Shabbos, let it continue doing its malach on Shabbos, and there's no issue of shvisas kalim because we paskin like Beis Hillel. That's mutter. And that's mutter even for a malacha deraisa. Right? making noise like a washing machine is uh, right. so that could be a different problem of hashmas coal right so putting clothes in the dryer right anything that makes noise is a different there are issue it's a hashmas coal it's zilzal it could be a marasayin but when it comes to real malacha doing it right before shabbos assuming we don't have those side concerns is mother so the question that many were bothered by in rabbi kivager is if that's true even for malacha deraisa <laughs> that, I, that I could put something into play before Shabbos, I would have assumed kol shekein, for a malachad derabanan of Mecca kumemchar, if I'm doing it before Shabbos, having it take effect on Shabbos, that should for sure be fine. So the Avnei Nezer says, there's no question here whatsoever. He defends Rabbi Kiva Eger's ruling. He says, by every other malacha, once you turn on the sprinklers, or once you put the pot on the fire, from a Torah standpoint, I'm no longer needed. 
if I would somehow transport myself, right, beam me up, Scotty, to a whole different universe, the thing would still be continuing without me. If the person who turns on the sprinkler, Khalila, drops dead right before Shabbos, the sprinklers would still be watering the lawn. Explains the Avnei Nezer, when it comes to Mecca Chumemchar, even though the action was done before Shabbos, that Misa, in order for it to actually come to fruition, for that transition to, tra- transaction to take effect, the person, the Makna, the person giving it, needs to be alive still. He still has to have the will to continue in that Kenyan. If he drops dead before 12 o'clock on Shabbos, when it's supposed to take effect, Kenyan's over. If he chooses to sell it to someone else, that Kenyan has no relevance. So because we still need that person on Shabbos, Rabbi Kiva Eger is viewing it as almost this Misa is still happening. It's an extension of you throughout Shabbos. A hundred percent. This is all a case where I'm doing the transaction, right? Wanting it to take effect on Shabbos. That's what the Avdenezer explains, the rationale of Rebbe Kivegra. Okay. So, but now we get one step removed, where it's not me doing an action before Shabbos, but somehow it could happen without me being there. The Industrial Revolution. We have automat. We have something called electricity, we have machines, and uh, we quoted this in our discussion between Mincha and Mariv, one of the earliest tshuvas on the subject of having a vending machine is a tshuva of the Marshag, Rav Shibin Greenfield. Right? He lived in the late 1800s. So he speaks about the question of owning a vending machine, Bekli ha-nikra automat shinnishchadesh be'itim halalu, this new invention, that you leave outside, with chocolate. You put inside candies or chocolate. And the way it works is that someone comes in, they, they put in uh, probably a dime, right? And you could buy a Snicker bar. The question is like this. Oh, Yisraelim de lo mali, and you'll have non-Jews come, or even Jews who are not Shomer Shabbos, v'yikru hasakariyach or chocolate, and they're going to come and buy the, the candy or the chocolate. So am I allowed to have my machine out doing business on Shabbos? So the Marshag Paskins, he feels that if it's not clearly <coughs> belonging to a Jew, it's not right there in your property, but it's outside in the Rishu Sarabim. No one has any idea that this Pepsi machine happens to belong to a Frumayid. No problem. That's not called Mecca And then he goes on to say, even according to Rabbi Kiva Eger, who said that I can't do a Misa before Shabbos to have the Chalos on Shabbos, and my Rebbe the Maram Shik, who was the great Talmud of the Chassam Sofer, he was concerned for that Chumar of Rabbi Kiva Eger. But that's not a problem in our case, because the whole issue with Rabbi Kiva Eger is I'm doing something right now on Friday, having in mind it's going to take effect on Shabbos. But over here with the vending machine, I just have my machines throughout the city. I don't have anything planned or set up that it's going to now sell something for me on Shabbos. To the contrary, if everything could be bought up Friday afternoon, I'd be a happy man. I'm not putting anything in motion to have a chalos to take effect on Shabbos. If I sold you a candy machine on Friday afternoon, even if you filled it up on Friday afternoon, according to this logic, it would not be problematic. Because I'm not putting something in motion that it should now actually go from me to you on Shabbos. I'm getting my machine ready. If someone comes a minute later, or someone comes on Sunday or Tuesday, it makes no difference. Oh, so he does say if you're going to go to Long Island in a place that you have many, many Jews who might not be Shomer Torah mitzvos, not to put down Long Island, so then you might have an issue of Leif Neiver. But again, most of the world, at least outside of Eretz Yisrael, most of the Olam HaSheker, we don't have to be worried for this because the majority of people are not Jews, so there wouldn't be Leif Neiver, there wouldn't be Marasain if it's not clearly belonging to a Jew, 
And his main Kiddush here is that there wouldn't be a violation of doing business because I'm not really doing anything. But there's one issue he doesn't discuss. How about Schar Shabbos? It's not doing business. I'm not involved. There's no Shvisa's Kalim. We pass him like base hello. There's no Leif Naiver. The majority of people buying it are going to be non Jewish. But I'm still making money in Shabbos. When someone comes and they choose to buy a Coke, they're putting that money into, in my machine, and now that money belongs to me. So, yes, this is a broad question. So, one might argue that maybe Schar Shabbos, right? what's the classic case of making money in Shabbos where I'm not doing any malacha, but it's still problematic because I'm making money? Classic case in the Gemara is I'm doing a service for you. Babysitting. You're paying me to come over and watch your kid. So there's no malacha involved, but if I'm only coming Shabbos afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30, and then and we make a deal beforehand, you're going to pay me $15 an hour, even though you're paying me after Shabbos, that would be a clear violation of Schar Shabbos. So maybe you could argue that Schar Shabbos is only when you're doing something. You're paying me for a job that I did on Shabbos. But if I'm just sitting at home, or I'm sitting at shul learning, and it happens to be I'm making money elsewhere, I have a real estate investment, I have money in the bank that's gaining interest, I have a vending machine, maybe that's not Schar Shabbos. But the truth is, we see from many sources that Schar Shabbos is not limited to you doing something. Even if I'm totally passive in that income, it could still be a problem of Schar Shabbos. One contemporary proof to this is a question that was posed to Rav Moshe Feinstein. Zeicher Tzadik Levrocha, Schuso Yogen Aleinu, V'nomar. Okay. So who wrote this question to his father? Hagon Reb David Feinstein Shlita was bothered by the question, how can you have your money in the bank? Because every single day, right, there is a heter called Havla. Havla is if I'm babysitting for you on Friday, Shabbos, and Sunday, and we're going to make up a deal, you're going to pay me altogether 30 bucks, even though there's somewhat of a cheshbin that is 10 bucks a day, but if it's all together, we don't view that as making money from Shabbos directly, and that's permissible. When it comes to a bank, though, every single day, you're making this amount of interest. You could argue that nowadays it doesn't apply because interest is totally bottle. Right? 0.003 doesn't count, you know? But the, that was the issue of David was raising to his father. How can I get that interest? That should be a violation of Schar Shabbos. So it sounds like it's not a Havla because it's being calculated everything exactly day by day. Rav David himself suggests an, a- an answer. If it's day by day, it's 24 hours from midnight to midnight. And you were just machav into Rav David Weinstein. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> right, so in source number five, Rav Moshe gives his son positive reinforcement. He said, Yofa you wrote beautifully in your answer. Their calculation of the day, 24 hours, is from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. So even their calculation of the day, I'm not getting Schar Shabbos only, I'm also getting money from hours that were after Shabbos. Namely, if Shabbos is over at 7 o'clock and they're still paying me up until 12 a.m., that means I'm also making money Motzei Shabbos. And that's Havla. Right, we, we, we're not going to have time for it right now, but it's clear from many places, the Mishnah Baruch Kotzechai Adam and Shinvav, that Havla doesn't have to be a whole week or a whole month, but even adding a couple of hours where I'm not just making money on Shabbos, that's also a heter of Havla. Would it matter if the interest rate would change, or it doesn't matter because you're getting money? As long as I'm also making money from hours outside of Shabbos. So that would, that would totally get rid of the problem of Schar Shabbos. Yeah. Oh, so the truth is maybe for an entirely different shear we'll have to get into that subject because that's a complicated one, right? If I have a business 
I have a joint ownership with a non-Jew. How do we arrange that contract? I'm not going to have time for that today. But in Mitzvah Shem, we will. So, exactly, and he goes on to say that. He goes on to say that if you have Shabbos and Yontif right next to each other, then it's going to be problematic, because then I am making money actually on Shabbos or Yontif, and there is no distinction between Shabbos and Yontif in this regard. And he says, you give that money to tzedakah. Make it as if you're not benefiting from it. That's what he says. But the main thing that we see from this tshuva, putting aside this particular issue, is that yes, Char Shabbos applies even when you're doing absolutely nothing. I'm not doing a service for you. My money is making money. That could still be Char Shabbos. So our question on the Marshag is, how can you tell me having your vending machine open is mutter? You're making money on Shabbos. And the reason why this is so incredibly relevant is not just the vending machines, but when we make the application to a website, we're going to have to answer that question. So there's a case in the Shulchan Aruch, in Shin Chaf Gimel, Sif Dalid, where it speaks about a scenario where Chalila and Shabbos, you're lacking a babka. It doesn't really speak about a babka, but it's a case where Lemaisa, we totally forgot the babka before Shabbos. Your neighbor is Haimi, uh, and, and he owns the Hamish Bakery. Yoshan, Chalabisral, everything. So you go over to Haimi and say, do me a favor. Uh, we forgot the babka before Shabbos. Can I just, can you take me into the bakery? I'll pick one up from you. And we'll work it out after Shabbos. Am I allowed to do that? Mutter. As long as I don't use any expression of mechira, I don't say, can I buy the babka from you? Can you sell the babka to me? I don't say the phrase, I'll pay you back after Shabbos. As long as it's vague, even though you and I both know that I am purchasing a babka, the chiddush of the machaber is that's not a violation of doing business on Shabbos, even though there's a transaction taking place. Because you're going, you're out of your way to make a nicker that this is not a normal average business deal. So that's the chiddush of the machaber. The question would be, maybe it's not a violation of doing business, but Haimi should be in violation of, of Schar Shabbos. That is for clarity. Schar Shabbos is only on the recipient of the money. So if I'm hiring you for Shabbos to babysit Shabbos afternoon, me paying you that money is not a problem at all. If you're Jewish, so then it might be some level of lifnaiv or misayah, but the actual technical iser of schar Shabbos is on me, the one who's making the money. That's why if you want to hire a non-Jew to come over on Shabbos and to help you, uh, let's say, you know, serve the, the food or clean up the table, putting aside the issue of them doing malacha for you, but just hiring them as a service would be no problem of schar Shabbos whatsoever. But in this case, Haimi should be in violation of schar Shabbos. Why is that mukta for him? To, to give the babka and make money from that transaction. So here we have a breakthrough, a breakthrough chiddush of the Noda Yehuda. What was the Noda Yehuda's name, by the way? Without looking at the paper? Harav Yecheskel Landau. So why would he call his Sefer Yehuda? Because his father's name was Yehuda. Cheskel ben Yehuda. So his Shailas Achuvas was named after his father, and then his Sefer on Shas, his commentary on the Gemara was called the the Tzlach. What does the Tzlach stand for? Tzion lenefesh Chaya. Who was Chaya? His mama. So in the Chuvas not of Yehuda, Simon Chavav, he's bothered by the following question. People have their mikvos open on Shabbos. And people will use the mikvah. They're not going to pay on Shabbos itself, but it's clear that after Shabbos you have to pay $25 for using the mikvah. <clears throat> How is the owner of the mikvah allowed to keep it running on Shabbos? That should be a violation of Schar Shabbos. He's making money from people using his thing on Shabbos. Now one potential answer, he says, and this is a big machlokus between the Rebbein Shmuel and the Rebbein Yechiel, quoted in the Beis Yosef, that maybe you're allowed to make money when you're doing a mitzvah. And that's the whole discussion about hiring someone to daven, hiring someone to lane, hiring someone to blow the shofar. Even in a case like that, it sounds like you're not going to see simon bracha from that money. 
that's a separate discussion, how to do that in a way where it's mutter and the person who's laning or davening will actually see simen bracha. But one potential hatter, says the Nadabi Huda, is if women are coming to use the mikvah, that's a mitzvah, so maybe you're allowed to make money for, for enabling a mitzvah. Okay, that's not so pasha. But then he says va'od, source number seven. <clears throat> Listen, you're spending money on the mikvah. You're spending money on the upkeep and the maintenance of the mikvah. You're burning wood, right, to keep the water warm. So of course you're allowed to take money for that. Would you tell me that if I was to purchase something from you on Shabbos, like in the case of the babka, you can't pay the guy back afterwards? Of course you can. That's not schar Shabbos. Im kein reshoi little scharo bahavla im schar ha'etzim. Says the Nader Behuda, a breakthrough chiddush in the understanding of havla. Classic havlas. I'm not paying you only for Shabbos. I'm paying you for the entire month or for the entire week. We don't view it as you're taking money dafka for Saturday. But in a case like this, where I am getting money only on Saturday. If you're really reimbursing me for the money that I'm spending, and it happens to be, hopefully I'm also making some more money if I'm a decent businessman, so I'm gonna purchase the items for three bucks a piece, I'm gonna sell them for six dollars, my net income is three dollars, but that three bucks of schar is bahavla, that's grouped together with the three bucks you're getting to me just to reimburse my own expenses. Says the Nodah Yehuda, Chiddush Gadol, that's considered Havla also. Because the first three dollars I'm paying you back, that's not schar. And once part of the money I'm giving you is not considered real income, then the whole thing is Bahavla. So based on his answer to explain the mikveh case, we now understand what the Machaber was teaching us. I'm allowed to get the babka from you if we avoid all terminology of selling and buying and how much does it cost. And there's no violation of Shai Shabbos because part of what I'm paying you, I'm just reimbursing you for your own expenses. And that would answer our question on the Marshag. How could the Marshag say, I'm allowed to have my vending machines work throughout the city? Maybe it's not Mecca but it should be Shai Shabbos. The answer is, how did those candies and soda get in the machine in the first place? I had to pay for them. So when you're putting in your, your dollar or swiping your credit card, you're only paying me back plus more. That's Bahavla. Right? That's the amazing Kiddush of the Noda Behuda. What's that? Pretty much. The, the Hezbra, the, the rationale behind that is because when you're selling a product, the person is paying you for something you spent money on. When I'm doing a service, even though time is money theoretically, but I, I didn't have to pay for this, and you're now reimbursing me. So that's fine, because the only reason you can't really get anything reimbursed, the only reason you ever bought it in the first place, is to make that profit. 100%. But it sounds like the definition of this gezeira of schar Shabbos, it needs to be fully schar. Once it's bahavla, once it's grouped together with any kind of money that's not considered real schar, either because it's on Friday, right? you're paying me also for out of Shabbos time, or you, because you're just reimbursing me, that's not schar Shabbos. How much are you allowed, in the case of how much are you allowed to clarify? Because some, sometimes it would be that, oh, the store owner is just being nice. In other words, he'll just give you the babka just as a tester. <coughs> you won't expect to be payback. Like how much can you make clear whether it's one or the other? In other words, you might say, don't worry about it. Or you might say, let's talk after Shabbos. So you could definitely say any expression of, We'll work it out after Shabbos. Even though you're making it very clear, I'm viewing this as a purchase and I'm going to pay you for it. As long as I don't say, I'll pay you after Shabbos, minha didn't that's mutter. Now, obviously, we try to avoid these types of things. And according to Samach, Rodan, the Mishnah Bureau quotes in Shinvav, this heter might only apply between Jews. Then the whole thing is, it's much more Hamish. And you know, it, it doesn't feel as much as if you're doing business in contrast to going into a CVS. But in a Shasad Chak, this hatter could work even in a CVS. But something we try not to do. Yes? What if you spend money to gain training for whatever service you're providing? Good question. It sounds like from the post game, the Shmir Shabbos, Kilchas, and others, that it has to be directly related to the purchase itself. 
And so for the mikveh case, even that the, the, it's meduyik, it sounds like this from another behuda himself, I'm paying you also for the wood that you're burning. He doesn't say, well, you had to buy the building, and that itself was a tremendous investment. We have to view it as a, I'm paying you back right here and now. I want to make the application of the website because we only have a few minutes left, and this was the topic of our, of our discussion, okay? So far, based on what we've seen, how would you paskin when it comes to leaving the website open on Shabbos, allowing people to come and purchase whatever items they'd like to? It, it seems like, based on all the issues we've set forth, we have answers for everything, right? You can move your thumb in enough directions to say it's all mutter. If it's rov non-Jews, and there's no shvisas kalim, marasayim, if it's known to be a Jewish website that might be problematic, we'll see that in a moment, but assuming no one has any clue that I own this furniture store, right? No marasayim. Yeah, they go somewhere else. And even if it is Messiah, uh, there's many, many heterim there. I'm not involved with anything. I'm not setting it up to take, to take place on Shabbos. The money, the money you're paying me is Havla because you're purchasing an item that I had to buy. So let's take a look here at the Chelkas Yaakov. Chelkas Yaakov and Mordechai Yaakov Reish. He, uh, he passed away in 1976. So what he writes here has nothing to do directly with the internet, but we will find words of prophecy. <clears throat> right, rarely do we have a real nevuah on a Sunday morning shear. We save those for Wednesdays. But <laughs> So he's addressing the shayla of a new invention of a mechona lekabel sicha telefonit af b'sha she'ein ish b'misrad. You hear that? There's a new machine that's able to take a message even when no one's in the office. What we call in Yiddish an answering machine, right? This is a Chiddush Otsum, they have an answering machine. Am I allowed to? And it sounds like, I don't know exactly uh, how it worked, but you would have to set it up beforehand for it to, to actually function. So the question that was posed to the Chelkas Yaakov was, am I allowed to set it up Friday before I leave the office? I can't take any calls on Shabbos. But this way, I won't have to miss anything. I'll have the answering machine ready to go, and anyone who wants to call with a negotiation or a business transaction, so Baruch Hashem, right after Shabbos, I'll check the machine and I'll figure out everything that I missed. Is that mutter or is that usr? So he starts off by saying, Lechora, Zedom Malaha, Denoagin Laharich Hashmal, Erev Shabbos, Bekidei Lahadlik, Lechabos, Bishabbos. This seems to be similar to setting up a timer. Even going back to the, uh, the middle of the century, let's say about the 1960s, it sounds like setting up a timer for lights to go on and off on Shabbos, that was the norm. That was already the Mesorah. You can't say for hundreds of years, right? But at least for decades, that was the Mesorah. We know that Ramosha Feinstein was not a fan of setting timers, but even in that famous tshuva where he says, I don't like the whole idea, and if Chazal had timers when they were around, they would have said it's usur, but lights, lights is a whole different story. That's already accepted, there's no marasayin. So says the Chelkas Yaakov, setting up the answering machine appears to be the same thing as setting the timer for the lights to go on and off. I'm not doing any malacha. And then he goes through all of the potential issues that we've already discussed, there are ways to get around all of them. But then in the base, he says, That was my first impression. Those were my initial thoughts. But after close analysis and thought, if you have to do an action Friday to get this answering machine set up to work on Shabbos, it appears to me there's no heter. And even though the Chelkas Yaakov was well aware of the, the heter of the Marshag, and many who came after him, that having a vending machine is mutter, that's because you have it there throughout the entire week, 
ve'ein sarich l'aso shum pu'ula b'kedei she'yipol pu'loso gam b'shabbos, and there's no need to do anything to get it set up to work on Shabbos. Ha'heter b'sham shenem mechoyev l'nalo b'kedei she'lo l'asos pu'loso gam b'shabbos. So there the heter is, you don't have to close the machine to prevent it from working on Shabbos. Avul benidon didon, but in our case of the answering machine, shu tzarich l'harich merev Shabbos ha'mechona, Oh, a telephone But if you're actually setting something up for it to take a message on Shabbos, that appears to me the ein lahatir. One should not be lenient. Even though it's true that we do have this minig now to set a timer to turn on lights or off lights on Shabbos. And that was initially a big discussion amongst the Rabbanim years ago. But the heter there is, it's for Kavod Shabbos and Oneg Shabbos. So then we're okay with getting the timer set up. Of a laharicha machona or a telephone me'er of Shabbos. But to set up your answering machine right before Shabbos, in order to accept the, the business deals and conversations you can't have on Shabbos, we don't have the authority. We don't have the ability to say that's okay. So it sounds like his first reason as to why he doesn't feel comfortable with this is not technically a halachic reason, because the bottom line is I'm not doing any malacha on Shabbos, everything's done before Shabbos, but we only feel comfortable getting something ready to do malacha on Shabbos for you if it's enhancing your covet or oneg Shabbos. In this case, you're only doing it because you can't be in the office. <coughs> That I don't feel comfortable with. That's the first svara he suggests. Let's take a look at the second one. The chutz lezeh, but besides this conversation, Nomar the Mishnah Perkyavo says, Chachamim hizoru b'divreichem. You have to be very careful with your words. And here we have the prophecy of Rav Yaakov Reish. Bizman shehatechnik tzoid kach tzadim kedima. Now that we have these new advancements in technology, it could very well be, not that long from now, you could have a whole store that's run automatically. That the store could open by itself at the, at the needed time. And people who want to purchase items will come there even when no one's in the store. It's all through technology. You could arrange everything happening by itself. And this automated service could somehow give the merchandise to the people purchasing it. When they swipe their credit card. And now he says, If we're going to be mekel now, and to almost be mezazel with the sanctity of Shabbos, because hey, it's all happening by itself. What will sprout forth from this is tremendous chilil Shabbos. You'll have a situation where a person is sitting in the base medrash, or he's sitting at his table and he's singing Zmiro Shabbos, but his office is working just like it does throughout the week. And he goes on to say that everyone knows it belongs to you, and that's a tremendous chilil Hashem. And even though you could avoid all real malacha, yutzmach mizeh, what will come forth from this kind of mindset is people will no longer have any kedusha of Shabbos that will lead to real chilul Shabbos. So what he's describing here, although probably he was envisioning some kind of very sophisticated vending machine, but he's describing a website. I could have my business functioning by itself. No one has to be there. You could go onto the website and purchase whatever you'd like to, put in your credit card, and it's all good. I'm not doing anything. Well, it sounds like he's, he's only thinking of a case where they're actually acquiring it on Shabbos. So, therefore, he concludes, with a vending machine, I'm okay with. With an answering machine, I'm not okay with. 
Number one is you have to do something right before Shabbos to get it set up, and it's not enhancing Kavod Shabbos. And the second issue is the overall hashkafa of being very lenient in these things will lead to real Chilo Shabbos because people know this store belongs to a Jew, even though you're not there, it's not going to be good for Klal Yisrael and Shmir Shabbos in the future. What about the person himself? Forget about the Marasayans, other people. Sounds like you're saying that you yourself, you're sitting at your Shabbos table, but the fact that you're doing business, your business is running. Is... But, but he's not, so he, he does bring in the Ramban a little bit later, but it sounds like his main thrust is not a halachic issue, it's more the hashkafic, the, the hashkafic concern. Oh, so he goes on to say, by a vending machine, since you don't have to set it up before Shabbos, and no one knows it belongs to you, so then you don't have that same Chilo Hashem factor. His, his picture of the automated store is everyone knows, this is, this is Jaime's kosher bakery, but it's running by itself. Amazon just opened the So I've heard about this. Yeah. Yes. Right? Mamish, mamish, divrei nevuah here. So if one was to take this Chelkas Yaakov and apply it to the question of having your website open on Shabbos, would we come out L'Chumra or L'Kula? Depends on what your story is. So assuming you have a website that no one knows belongs to a Jew, I think we would still be able to say the website is more analogous to the vending machine than it is to the answering machine. And even hashkafically, there'd be room to be mekel. Now you could still argue the whole idea of having the business running for you and being lenient in these inyanim could, could sprout forth issues in the future. You could argue that hashkafa applies to website as well. I want to share with you one last source, then we're going to call it a day, is the Ber Moshe, the Debit Sinarov, where he has a whole discussion on the same topic. He says, afterwards, I saw the tshuva of the Chelkas Yaakov, and he has harsh words. Harsh words to say. He says, Osa Atmo Ledayane Gezeira. Chelkas Yaakov made himself into a Dayan who made a Gezeira, the Gozer Gezeira Chadasha. He made new decrees. Shabavadai ain Bayad Shumrav Yia Misha Yia Ligzer Me Atmo Gezeira's Chadasha. Says the Ber Moshe, no one has the ability or the authority to make up a new Gezeira. Meaning to say, if technically speaking, having the answering machine working for you in Shabbos is mutter. So how do we have that, that audacity to, to place more restrictions on Klal Yisrael? He says, If all of the Gedoli Torah got together and they all shared the same feeling of the Chelkas Yaakov, and an agreement, which would be the greatest nace, they came together to make the Gezeirah. Obviously, we would, we would humble ourselves to accept their Gezeirah. But one rabbi, even though it was the great Chelkaz Yaakov, he can't make a Gezeirah. And therefore, we don't have to accept his Gezeirah. What would the Chelkaz Yaakov answer back to the Bear Moshe? He would say, we have the utmost respect for each other. What I shared in my tshuva was not a new gezerah. It was my, my das Torah. It was my opinion. I feel that although something is technically mutter, we have to be concerned about the, the psychology involved and how A could lead to B and that could lead to C. And I'll share with you, we find these types of things. We find in the Chafetz Chaim, when he has a whole discussion about having a joint partnership with a non-Jew, you can make a contract beforehand, and he goes through how to do it in a kosher way, he also writes, even though you could do it, al din, stay away from that stuff. Because trust you me, if we get into all the, the stuff and loopholes and knowing how to, to bend, even though once in a while it's a shasad chak and therefore it could be permissible, but if that becomes the normal Shabbos experience, that will create Chilol Shabbos. So I think that would be the response of the Chelkas Yaakov to the Ber Moshe. I'm not making a new Gezerah. The Ber Moshe seems to be coming from the perspective, if it's mutter, how do you place more restrictions on Kalal Yisrael? What's that? 
Okay, here's a Kiddush for you, right? So halacha lemaisa, when it comes to a website, for sure in a situation where people don't know it's owned by a Jew, and it's not something that only Jews would purchase, you're not getting it set up dafka before Shabbos for Shabbos use, min hadin, you are not in violation of anything. Even if people go onto the website and they purchase something on Shabbos itself. The one thing we have is the Svar of the Chelkas Yaakov cautioning us to be very careful with this entire Indian. And therefore, an Eitzah that we find in the Minchas Yitzchak and more contemporary poskim is that if a person could write on their website that any purchase that takes place on Saturday will not officially go through until Saturday evening, right, where basically you, as the owner of the company, you have the ability to say, you know what? I don't want to sell this, even though you went on and you chose this particular item. I don't want to follow through with that. So then you're really saving yourself from all concerns. There's not even a shemitz of Mecca Memchar, and you're avoiding all the other issues. That would probably be the most ideal way of setting up the website if it's something that's realistic. How would that work? You would, you would record in your database that... I would have someone consult Elia Odorsky <laughs> for, for, for how to get that set up. The art school has even more of a reason to do that because they're clearly Jewish and you have a lot of Jews going there potentially on Shabbos. How does it work in a different time zones? Oh. Different time zones is a good question. Yes, Australia, it's not Shabbos. There's always some time when it's not Shabbos. Right. So that could be Lechumra and that could be Lakula. On one hand, that's very helpful. Lakula is you could say, listen, my, my website's on on Shabbos. Not because Khalila, anyone's going to go on on Shabbos. Sometimes Japan. Exactly. Exactly. So Minhadin, if you have all these factors lined up, it's mutter to keep it on. But it's a very nice thing to do to have that statement on the website so people who go on, they know it's not really how right now. It's not really taking effect. It's a voice call from the Yeshiva. You're sitting at your lunch here in New York. It's Shabbat. If somebody has just words, like in Asia Torah or something, not selling anything, is that website about to be open? Well, listen, if you're only like an Asia Torah or something like that, you're avoiding off the bat business, making money, but you still have the, that issue of leaf naiver. Again, it's not going to be a technical derisa leaf naiver, but we don't want to help Jews do malacha. You know? Okay, wonderful day. What do you see in the